0: Finally, everybody, we are back. It's wherever you may be. I'm Rory Jennings, and I'm joined by the one and only Charlie Skillen. We are proud to be a part of the 90-Minute Podcast Network. So over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about all things Chelsea. Uh, The first thing that we have to do is, well, we've made a new signing today. Fantastic news.
1: So happy. It's something we needed, isn't it, Raw?
0: Yeah, I mean, the keeper situation has been a really big Big problem, hasn't it? I mean, I think whatever our aspirations for this season are, they're kind of mm. irrelevant unless we put this keeper issue right.
1: Well, you know, I I don't think we need to talk about Kepper and his various failings for twenty minutes because I think everyone's in over that. But what was yeah, I, I think you're right. What was clear to me was that the Chelsea defence are not happy with Kepa. Teams are working, you know, the teams start taking pot shots at Kepa because they know that they've got a good chance of scoring and his confidence is at an all-time low. It's very sad for him individually, but for us, Chelsea needed a new keeper. Mendy is someone who has been sought out personally by Petr Cech, obviously came from Rennes, same as he did. Um, I don't think he's like an odd black type signing where you're getting one of the best keepers in the world, but I think he is... Someone that was gettable, someone that can come straight into the team, and offers a lot of things that Keper doesn't. Which, I mean, he's six foot five, which is, you know, and, and one of his main strengths is is getting um, balls from crosses and corners, something we've been so lacking in. He's also um, famously so famous phrase, "Good touch for a big man." He's also very um, confident playing playing, you know, short passes with his feet. Obviously, that's where Keper went wrong against Liverpool. Um,
0: yeah, but he was. That's not only. The issues with Kepa stem a lot deeper than than that mistake against Liverpool. That's what's highlighted. That, that's what everybody's yeah. talking about. But I'd say that he's responsible. We've conceded three goals this season, haven't we? I would say that he is responsible for all three of them. People thought it was harsh when I said that I was on the kickoff and I said that uh, Ariza Balaga was responsible for the Christensen sending off.
1: If he comes out properly, that doesn't happen.
0: Or if he doesn't come out, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So so I think that if he if we had a decent keeper almost all of the goals that we've conceded this season if not all of the goals we've conceded this season mm. would would not have necessarily happened. So I think that this has been a long time coming actually. It's a shame that we even had to start the season with him because we've known for a long time that he isn't the future of Chelsea between the sticks.
1: No I and mean, it's it's I mean, the club are really racking their brains against this about this one. I, I think it's you know, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say without slagging him off too much, but this is really sort of throwing him to lions. I think it's a case for the worst Premier League signing of all time. Yes, when you, yes,
0: when I probably you, agree with
1: you. When you take into account the money spent, a world record for a keeper. bearing in mind, as, as I've said on this podcast before, he hadn't had this track record of playing in the league for years. He's played well over double the games for Chelsea than he ever did in his previous professional career. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I'm not sure due diligence was done personally. And I don't, you know, the club was so desperate to make it work, which is, again, I, why I don't think we spent 50, 60, 70 million on, a, on black Because, you know, we, the club have budgeted that for goalkeepers. But... Yeah, I mean, the situation had to be resolved.
0: It all went <laughs> wrong a long time ago it, as well, so I'm glad it's over. It all went very wrong, yeah. I thought. I mean, you can never really recover from that Maurizio Sarri incident at Wembley, has it?
1: No, and look, as as, as much as... as many problems as I had with Sarri and the, and the whole club around Sarri's appointment and, and Sarri's time in the club, I thought that was ridiculous, and I felt... Sarri handled the situation quite poorly, but at the end of the day, that's exactly... I mean, this is the same was true when William put those silly emojis over Conte. Like, that's the Chelsea manager, and you—you know—if he's telling you to be substituted or, or whatever, like, you get off the pitch. And yeah. and I don't think I, I think you're right, Roy. I, th- I don't. I think it all stems back to that, really.
0: Yeah, it's the same with the president of the United States, mate. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, you respect the office of the president.
1: <laughs> Lovely seeing that. <laughs>
0: um. Anyway, we're off uh, we're off to a fly. We're on our way to Wembley. Huge 6-0 win against Barnsley last
1: night. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously anything other than going through to the next round would have been a disaster, but the way in which it was achieved was great and I think it, it gave it gave us real hope for the future. Look, it's a, it's against a championship team and a struggling one at that that haven't scored yet in the league, but Havertz scored a hat-trick, which was fantastic. We, You know, he, he was... He's had a hesitate a slow start, but he, he he couldn't quite get into the Brighton game. And then, obviously, in the Liverpool game, had to be taken off because Christensen was sent off. I mean, um, the, the, coverage,
0: the coverage of his match uh, against Brighton really wound me up. That There was yeah. one misplaced pass that I've seen over and over and over again. Nobody's talking about the fact that he tracked back, you know, chased back about 60, 70, 80 even yards in order to retrieve a ball that he'd given away. If Meza Ozil yeah. did that a few more times, perhaps people wouldn't be viewing him through the prism with which they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, although he did come in for a lot of money, this is this is still a very, very young player coming into a new league. And and there are going to be games when he, he drifts in and out of. It's, you know, young players do that, particularly young players in those sort of mercurial attacking positions behind the striker or on the wing.
0: Um, yeah, that was, but, my, you know, that was, that was that my worry was about him actually, Charlie. My worry, yeah. You know, when you, when you compared him, perhaps unfairly, but when, when you looked at how Werner seems to have adapted to the British game yeah. and you compared it to Havertz, my worry with Havertz is that Werner looked so much more robust. Mm. Whereas, whereas Havertz looked very slender, very slight, very f- yeah. frail when compared to the Premier League fa- players that he's facing up against. But
1: yeah, uh, I mean, Werner's a, a couple years older than him, and I think Timo Werner now isn't far off the finished products, really. You go for Werner, yeah? That's
0: interesting. You're well, not no, no. Verne, no. Man. I pronounce it as a V. Do you go for the W?
1: You are, uh, yeah, because so I'm.
0: Werner.
1: Yeah, because I'm English and ignorant. <laughs> Who's no, it, Who you No, you, you're probably right. It is Werner. Um, interesting, interesting. But, <laughs> but the. um. You know, he's he's not far off the finished product, I don't think. Obviously, we're going to see him play for Chelsea, hopefully for a very long time. Um, but Havertz... a disappointed
0: he didn't take the penalty, Charlie.
1: Yeah, but... I mean, look, so was I. But at the end of the day, we don't really know what goes on in that dressing room. Jorginho is the established Chelsea penalty taker. You know, it's... That's Lampard's instructions, you know what I mean? Like, you can't... No matter what you think of yourself, you can't be coming into a club and going, right, well, I take all the penalties. Like there's an established order, wherever you oh, think man, of your genius. I,
0: I disagree. I think well, that's exactly what you can be doing. I think that's exactly what you can do. Just to anybody listening to this, I'd like to apologise. If You can hear rumblings in the background. I'm sitting in Shoreditch Studios underneath a railway line and I can't control the, the train timetable, unfortunately. Very I trendy. Um, but I, I actually, everything you said there, I actually disagree with. I think that you can turn up as, and, and put your mark on a team and go, do you know what? I'm now the penalty taker. You know, when, when Newcastle United were awarded a penalty, Alan Shearer was taking that penalty and nobody dare say anything against him. I've got no issue yeah. with, with Timo Werner turning up and saying, this penalty is for me. I mean,
1: look, yeah, I, I agree that's what I want from the strikers, but I'm just talking about in this situation, like, right, Jorginho's never missed a penalty before and he, is, he, he was the captain, not on the day. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to see Werner taking penalties, but in terms of that specific situation... Um, yeah. that was Jorginho's ball. That was probably Lampard's instruction and Jorginho was captain on the day. Like you can't you can't really argue with that. I mean it turned out it was a really naff penalty, it was terrible. But um I, you know, I, I fully expect we'll see Werner taking them um in the future.
0: Yeah, I do yeah. I do hope so. So obviously you've got we've got to put the Liverpool game to bed, forget that it happened almost. Mm. We've got some very winnable fixtures coming up. If we win those but like people were genuinely, probably to wind me up, it was more of a Hugh Wizzy thing, but people were telling yeah. me title race over match week uh, two. Not quite the case, is it?
1: No. I mean, the title race is never going to be over in match day two. I think who's, who's top at the minute is Everton, isn't it, someone? Yes. <laughs> no, the, 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 the the table the table is completely irrelevant. The, this was this was very much the case last season where we did have a couple of dodgy results. We got beat Old Trafford quite badly, but then we went on a run. And our next three games are West Brom, Palace and Southampton. And I know Palace are doing well, but I think we need to be taking six points minimum from those. Taking nine points from it from those three games. That puts that puts everything to bed. And that is the way in which you turn the Liverpool game, which although we will not of the races was a game of fine margins, and don't get me wrong, I'm not using that as an excuse because those were almost the games that frustrate me because you can't you can't commit those mistakes against teams like Liverpool. But that's the only way in which that game becomes a sort of shrug your shoulders. We lost to the we lost to the reigning champions, we lost to a very very good side with 10 men, and then we will have won four out of five, and it's all on track again. And I think. Again, albeit Barnsley, I think results like last night and particularly the performances of people like Tammy Abraham, who I think a lot of people expected to have, you know, a season on the sidelines and Havertz and particularly the way the two of them linked up. Barkley coming in, showing he can be a good squad player. I think we can use the momentum from that. West Brom have lost twice on the bounce. Um, We definitely should be winning on Saturday. And I think if if we do take nine points from these three games, no one's going. You know, we're not going to be looking back at a fairly marginal Liverpool game um, as kind of the be-all and end-all anymore.
0: No, I, I agree with that. I think that there's some very winnable fixtures coming up, and we're seeing some new talent playing, playing well. Thiago Silva. Will Ben Chilwell yeah. start? I hope so. I mean
1: I mean that's been another theme of the first two games. I thought it was interesting to see Emerson start. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his by any stretch of the imagination. But I thought it was interesting to see him start instead of Alonso. I mean Alonso has had a really poor first two games. Um he got given the absolute runaround by Lampsey in the first game and then and then was very poor in the Liverpool game. Um so I I don't know whether he's almost out of the reckoning completely. We know Ben Tirwell is Chelsea's first choice left back. He put in a brilliant cross for the last goal last night. Um, And Silva, he only played 60 minutes, and I I don't think he's going to be playing 90 minutes twice a week at his age. But it was almost like watching John Terry the way he was so composed on the ball. Both feet, one touch passing. It's the composure and the leadership which our defence has not had for a very long time. And I think. Again, albeit Barnsley, it was almost a training match at some points. So, I mean, they actually played quite well. They could have, they, they had a few more chances than you would have liked. But um, I think, in terms of individual players finding their feet for their first minutes for the club, I think it was very, very positive and something we can take into the next few games.
0: Yeah, let's, let's hope we do, and let's hope that these everybody starts. Do you think does Thiago Silva start against against Brom? Does Carlton yeah. start?
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. I think. I mean, I think that's the other thing we need to be coming into our first choice team because we haven't had that the first two games. You know, that I, and I think that's what a lot of people have been forgetting. You still got Pulisic to come in, still got Ziyech to come in. It's Lampard's job, obviously, to kind of juggle that. Um, we haven't had Thiago Silva so we'll bench here, We'll start a Premier League match yet, um, and I think he will. I think that was almost the beauty of these League Cup games. They're coming thick and fast, these League Cup games. I think they're playing every midweek of September. Um, and it's almost a way to kind of give these players minutes and, you know, work out what our first-choice team is going to be going forward. I think the one yeah. the one space in the team that I think we're lacking now that we sorted a keeper out is a real kind of holding midfielder. And by that, I don't mean N'Golo Kante, who I think does by far his best work when he's kind of bombing forward a little bit, um, or when he, you know, when he's more sort of in a box-to-box role. I don't think that Declan Rice is completely out of the question um, before the October 5th deadline. I think it will take a money... B, West Ham to kind of resign themselves to the fact of them losing him and see Chelsea players going in the other direction, either on loan or on a permanent deal. What, for
0: Mate, no one's going to do that.
1: Well, a you lot of these players that. aren't going to... Well, I mean, Alonso but might.
0: You... Mate, imagine the think... conversation. Hi hi there, Mr Palmieri. <laughs> I have uh, a bit of news <laughs> for you. I was wondering, yeah. how do you feel about being a makeway? in uh, a deal that involves Declan Rice coming to Chelsea and you going to relegation for them. Yeah.
1: Well, no, agreed. But, you know, uh, it has happened before.
0: Hiya, yeah. we're moving to Essex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Exactly. Happened, it? None of good, them doing no doing well,
1: uh, well, I mean, of cheek could well look for a low move. That might be a West Ham. Um <laughs>
0: No, nah, Charlie. If 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 we are reliant upon a Chelsea player going to West Ham, unless it's a youngster, there could be something there could be something in it
1: for. See, the thing is, if, it, if it's been made clear to them that they're not going to play.
0: Yeah, but you'd rather. Oh, Charlie, I can't see any Chelsea player being up for a move to West Ham. There's just nothing in it for them.
1: No, don't get me wrong.
0: Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't do it. But. <laughs> no, and neither, neither will they. That, I mean, I, think that I desperately hope that we get hold of Rice. I like him. But mm. if, if a prerequisite of our signing him involves somebody, Tomori, or somebody like that going to West Ham. Wait, wait, I mean, it won't, it won't be Tomori now. To be Rudiger, it's just not going to happen.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think Rudiger would do it because I think, I think he's got better options. But I, I think some <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't and get there, down. so surely. They are down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be a move, actually. I'd quite like to see them go down.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, no, I desperately want them to go down. Yeah, hey, Charlie, I asked a question. Uh, oh, no, I didn't ask a question. I made a statement the other day. Right. For a lot of stick on it. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> that's rare say. for you. <laughs> yeah. I think that Kyle Havertz has the potential to win a Ballon d'Or in his career. Doesn't sound too controversial to me. No, bad? actually not. That, I, you know, that's really wild.
1: No, no, I th- I, look, I, that's what you pay £89 million for a 21-year-old for. Of course he's got that potential. You know, the the, the dominant two of the Ballon d'Or are coming to the end of their careers. We know that, and, and for the first time in a long time, they're not in the running for it. Um, and I, I don't think that's out of the question at all. You know, if, if he hits his potential, I mean, he was, f- for the last couple of years, he has been the premier talent in Europe, almost certainly the premier talent in Germany. So if he plays as well as we want him to for Chelsea, I mean, I, like, I don't think that's out of the question at all. Don't get me wrong; it's not. You couldn't even say it's more
0: than likely. But yeah, but it's not mad. It's not mad. People have been no. calling me mad. It's not mad, is it? No. I mean, it's not like. Yeah. It's not like saying. I'm not, I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting it's in the bag.
1: No. No, I'm exactly. No.
0: That, I'm just suggesting that there's potential.
1: No, I mean any of the world class players around his age are gonna be in the running for it. You know, you, you if you pay if you pay eighty nine million pounds for a twenty one year old and when they're twenty-six, they're nowhere near the running for the ballon d'or. Like there's something gone a little awry there.
0: Yeah, totally, totally and utterly agree. Um, I suppose this is the reason that everybody actually listens to this podcast. Uh, what's been going on with Charlie Skillen? Good restaurants? Yeah. Ladies, what's been happening?
1: <laughs> Only one lady these days, mate. Um, but yeah, no, we went to we went to Jim uh, we Carney the other day, didn't we? That was great.
0: Jim Carney was very good. Lovely, lovely Indian restaurant on Albemarle Street. If anybody fancies checking it out.
1: Oh yeah, they're still doing uh, they're still doing the deals for September, are not they? That was uh, it was one of the best restaurants I've been to in London. It's fantastic. Yeah,
0: really, uh, really is very. I'm off, to, uh, off to
1: my golf lesson in a minute.
0: Oh, are you golfing again? Big Chelsea fan.
1: He is. He is. He is. Rory and I and golf.
0: I, yeah, Charlie and I have lessons in Knightsbridge from the same chap. We're both learning to play golf. It's basically said so that we can go on these luxurious holidays to Florida, Arizona. You know, there's a golf yeah. course at the Wynn Hotel in Vegas.
1: We're, we're there. We're, one day, yeah, we're everyone, sunny. when you listen to this podcast, we'll be doing it half cut with a load of cocktails, having played golf all morning, sitting at
0: the american sun respire. and maybe you could be with us you know you could you yeah ask, uh, purdy, we're on a competition he, he produces this podcast purdy run a competition yeah. and whoever wins it okay i'm going to ask a question purdy you have to find purdy on uh, on twitter <laughs> let me just find his app hang on this is they were totally freestyling this he's listening going what is rory doing but he's <laughs> nothing he can do because i'm up and running now Hang on. okay here he is so what you've got to do is you've got to go on Alex Purdy twenty one, which is his uh, Twitter account, Alex Purdy at Alex Purdy twenty one, answer this question, and Alex Purdy will pay for you to go to Vegas with me and John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you will. Um, well, the thing is, we do need a caddy, so we do, no, they're playing with us. Um, <laughs> on my last performance, I'll be the caddy. All you have to do <laughs> is correctly predict the score of the Chelsea West Brom game. Text it, uh, tweet it to Alex Purdy. Tweet that to Alex Purdy. The score of the Chelsea versus West Brom game if you get it right message him he'll send it to me and we're all going to Vegas together done <laughs> Purdy, do we need to so do nice. some
1: we'll put, we'll put some kind of disclaimer on this the great thing about the golf no, no, it's, is it's, <laughs>
0: a, it's a promise from Alex Purdy we've given him your word <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um, guys thank you all so much for listening to this podcast please can you do us a favour if you enjoyed it can you drop us a review it would really really help us out and make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already. Um, we'll be back after the West Brom game uh, to reveal who's coming to Vegas with Charlie and I, courtesy of the Alex Purdy. We'll Come on, Chelsea. See you there. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>